Welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Lesbo. And uh, I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. And uh, we are going to jump in this week with some support for one of our listeners, uh, Jacob Bush. What is it? J, J something Marmot? J, J Marmot. Marmot is, is a lot of times what he writes in as. Uh, this is his story to tell, so I'm not going to get into the details on this, but um, he posted something on our Facebook page. I'm just going to read that out. Uh, upon hearing about Jack, that's his son, Jack's incident in November and knowing that I'm an avid disc golfer, a few people with ties at Legacy Disc Golf rallied to make us some custom stamp discs in honor of Jack. We were keeping our favorites and raffling off slash auctioning or otherwise selling the rest to raise funds to take him on a sweet vacation to have a killer set of memories attached to the horrific reality of what he went through. Thought I would share with all my friends and family and not just those that are involved in the sport. Takes a village. Uh, hashtag humbled. Hashtag super Jack. And these are legacy discs. I don't know what stamp, what mold they are at all, but they've got this great stamp that says Super Jack on them. Uh, and I'm realizing I'm I'm trying to be careful here, but this was literally on the news, so mm-hmm. very uh, traumatic. Yeah, he was like at a Starbucks or something with his son, his eight year old son, and some tweaker came and tried to stab his son to death. Right. Uh, I don't know the whole story, but yeah, somebody stabbed his eight year old. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, just random, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently his son is doing very well. Um, but this is kind of a fundraiser for that to try to, you know, have him do something fun. So I told him that I would like to buy one of these discs. Uh, he has a handful of them and he said he can order more if there's interest, but listeners of the show, um, go to our Facebook page and, uh, just comment on the post that Jacob put up there. And say you're interested. Let's support a good cause because uh, he supports the show. He's a big fan of the sport, and uh, he's a really good guy. Yeah, and I think I think one of the coolest things about disc golf is the sense of community we have. Yeah, um, every village, every part of town, every everybody who plays, we kind of just back each other up. Um, we've had a few unfortunate things happen locally in the last year or two, and pretty much every time we come together and we raise a bunch of money to help somebody. Oh, so yeah. another great opportunity to show the kind of universal support we have, which is from all of my hobbies, pretty unique to disc golf. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I've been through a lot of hobbies, but none of them are as communal almost like just support each other. No. Yeah. There's a definite strong community around the sport. Uh, and everywhere that I've kind of traveled and played, I, I noticed the same thing. Um, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have a lot of infighting and bickering. <laughs> Oh, always. But if there's a if somebody needs help, people are there to help, and I've I that's a really cool thing about this. So uh, again, his son is fine from what I understand. So he's he's you know recovering and doing well. But go ahead and support him. I mean, I'm sure he's got some trauma associated with this. I can't imagine that he wouldn't. Yeah. Um. But go out and support him. Also, it's just a rad stamp. So if you like collecting discs, this is a very limited run on a pretty rad stamp. So. Um, yeah, the post, I, I asked Jacob to post it up on our, uh, Facebook page for pro disc golf. So go there and see it. And maybe we can share that on our Instagram as well. I don't know how to do that, but, we can. uh, yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. Okay. I'll put something up for him. Um, yeah. So that's our little plug. <laughs> and I'll say thank you. I don't know if his friends who are friends with legacy listen, yeah, but that thank is, you guys. That's rad. That is way cool. Um, yeah, really, that is that is really cool. Again, don't know what molds they are. I don't know what he's charging for the discs, but um, it's a fundraiser, so expect to pay. You know what fundraiser discs yeah. usually cost, but um, yeah, I know he's uh, you know trying to do the right thing for his kid. So he's a good guy, good family, and uh, really, really avid disc golfer and big supporter of the community. So yeah, let's help him out, um, Chris. You brought something to my attention that's, I guess, been kind of local, but probably has some resonance throughout other communities. Yes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Ace Pots and how they're managed. And as, I mean, as players, I guess, or those who contribute to them or those who don't and those who travel to try and take them, kind of just how they should work and what you guys think about it. So this came up because locally our Ace Pot is, I don't know, over $2,000 now. Um, and as of recording this, so. yeah, yeah, it'll either be hit or higher. 
when you hear this as yeah. we play again. Um, and we only have one weekly right now. So we have once a week to try and hit it. It's going to go up like $500 a week until somebody does. Um, but when you have an ace pot of thousands of dollars, you know, you get people who are willing to travel a few hours. You know, good golfers will come in from out of town. Whatever the conditions are, locally we have to be a tag holder. So you have to pay the $20 membership to the club to be eligible for the big one. That's just a rule we have locally. Um, but how do you how do you decide or how do you manage that much money? I mean, you get you're going to get 500 people coming out and you can't do that. So I have some basic questions. Okay. Um, as someone who's never hit an ace, I always buy into an ace pot at a tournament because I feel like that's just kind of supporting the tournament and if someone does hit it great and if I happen to get incredibly lucky, awesome. You know, I wouldn't it would be great to have my first ace actually pay out. That would be great. Mm-hmm. So, it's usually, you know, 2 to 5 dollars. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for me in my circumstances, that's a, that's an amount that I'm okay. Just, I, I view it as a contribution to the club or to the mm-hmm. tournament. I feel you. So, um, but there's different types of ace spots. There's ace spots, there's super ace spots. There's, so what, what are the differences? Uh, locally we have a normal ace spot and a super ace spot. The difference is just the buy-in. Okay. So, so the super ace spot grows way faster. Because it's got a bigger buy-in each week. And does that carry over every week? Mm-hmm. So and until until each one is hit. So if you buy into the normal one and not the super, and you hit an ace, you get the normal pot, the super stays. If you buy into both and you hit one, you get both pots. Okay. So right now, the combination is what got us over 2,000. So this week is kind so of... So it's not... You don't have to hit an ace on it. Because sometimes they'll do like those, you know, the $10,000 challenge where it yeah. has to be on this hole at this round. Nope. That's you know? that was a dynamic I don't know, promotion, promotion challenge. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a it was like a grow that, disc golf challenge or something. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that was like a bounty. Well, I mean it's like they hit the the half court shot at the halftime yeah. of the basketball game. It's more of a bounty. So the A spot yeah. a normal A spot at a league is you buy in at the beginning of a round. If you get a hole in one, you get the pot. If there are four hole in ones, you split the pot four ways. Okay. Kind of like that. Um but you can buy. But the way that our local league is, there's a regular pot that's like what the the one or two dollar buy. Yeah, two dollars, and, and then, then there's the. I think super's three. Okay. I think it used to be five. I think we came down to three. And so they're keeping those in separate pools. Mm-hmm. And so if I only buy into the two dollar one and I hit an ace, I get that two dollar pot. Yep. But if I spend the five dollars and buy buy into both pots, one ace gets me both pots. Mm-hmm. And I guess you theoretically could just buy into the super ace pot. We could. Yeah. Okay, so combined, those pots are two grand. Yeah. And for our local club here, or this club that you're talking about, you have to be a, a, a tag, holder. tag holder Yep. To, to be eligible to buy in. Mm-hmm. But because the pot is so high, there's concern that people are going to travel in, buy a tag, well, so and try to um, snipe that. That's kind of the discussion I want to have is I don't have an objection to people traveling. Like if you want to, I mean, if you're really good and you want to travel three, four hours to pay $26 to try and take our ace spot, great. Because 20 bucks to buy into the league and then... And then one to play, three for ace, two for other ace. Okay. Great. Do it. Like power to you that you'll bet. Does the $1, does that go to like who wins the... Uh, the club fundraising. Oh, okay. So okay. Mo- most weeklies we do, I don't run them. I just know the structure. And all clubs run differently. This is yeah. just the one that... We do one club, $1 to club as just goes in general, general, general fund. Um, and then normally we do a $5 for payout. So if you get, you know, 50 people, you're gonna have 250 bucks. If they all buy in, that'll get paid out at the end of the round for scores. And then the $2 ace, the $3 ace, and then usually a $1 CTP. So you'll pick a whole CTP, get some prizes. Okay. Um, this week, since the ace spot is so high and so many people want to play, they've done away with, um, the cash buy-in cash payout. Okay. So we're literally having a league just to try and get an ace scores don't matter it's not sanctioned there's no payout for scores did they not do the buy-in because it was just getting untenable because there were too many people Mm -hmm. it's too much work when that many people want to play okay so another part of this discussion because you're not tallying up 20 scores you're tallying up quite a bit more yeah 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 another another part of the discussion is how do you cater to so many people wanting money so what the club did this week is they opened pre-registration and no day of signups, no cash signups, nothing. You have to sign up early, and only the first ninety 
can go. So they just cap the because mm-hmm. five players now per are hole. these. I know that they were talking about doing this. Is this like an actual C tier event that they're doing? Not this or? one. Okay. No. So this is just this a is league literally event. an ace hunt. So, just a league event. Yeah, and it's basically just an ace race. Okay. There are ninety people. It took less than two hours, I think, to get ninety signed up. How many normally show up? Because I don't, I, I don't usually a normal play on Sundays, Sundays so. probably fifteen. Okay. Or twenty. Not very many. Now, of those ninety-ish, how many are traveling in? Like, are are people that are that would never show up to one of these events normally? um just that's guessing. a good question probably more than half really okay. maybe, maybe not all traveling but not regulars but well and regular and not like show up once a year twice a year mm-hmm. to this i mean even myself i don't i don't play weeklies very often yeah i usually have things on the weekend i tutor i have volleyball yeah but you'll play occasionally yeah it's I'll, not I'll unheard of for you to, to show up at one of these i get some oh look who's here though every time i go like that's how not frequent i am at okay these. But I have to go now. Like, I've rescheduled things for this money, you know? I don't ace very often. Yeah. But the odds, like, mathematically, I need to be there. So, I'm curious, like, if you have 20 regulars and they've built this pot up to, you know, a 1000 bucks, where people start jumping on it and it goes up way faster, do you, do you owe them some sort of, like, privilege to first dibs at it? Or is it just you sign up, you sign up? I'm going to... Before I, I say my opinion, I'm going to send a submission out right in and let us know what you think on this. Yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely want everybody's uh, thoughts. I don't yeah, care if like, you're brand new. I don't care if you're way better than me. Post on the Facebook page or something, but that would be an interesting discussion. My thought on this is, no, you don't owe them anything. I agree. The, the, okay. Well, there we go. We're done. No. <laughs> and that's it. Um, it's a it's a contest. It's a It's it's not really a gamble because it's your income, you know what I mean? But you're buying into a contest here. You're betting on yourself. I get, but I wouldn't even call it that necessarily. Like it's, it's buying into a tournament. If it's the same thing as if you're buying in to pay cash out that you think, Hey, I shoot a pretty good score on this, on this course. Mm-hmm. Um, if I pay $5 in and I'm in the top 10, I might get my money back. Um, or I might not. You know, and some people like me will say, sure, I'll put the $5 in. I know I'm not going to be in the top 10 because I know who's playing here, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy to add an extra $5 to that pot because that just makes it a little more fun for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I'm kind of with, you know, not a gamble thing where it's like, you know, some people, I I know I'm not unique Mm -hmm. in that. I mean, I may be more, maybe less common, but I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels that way about. Well, and honestly, some of the people that I know buy into Ace Pot's have have to have a similar feeling like I do. It's like, it'd be great if it happened, but yeah. you know, it'll be cool to see someone else smile with a big check. Exactly. So, but, um, <laughs> do I think this is a, um, smart investment for people to forego other income earning possibilities to go chase an ace? For some people. Yes. For some people, well, okay. <laughs> D- don't respond to me. Finish your... Yeah. Um, I would say, no, that's not usually... the that That's not something that I think is probably a very good idea. If you're someone who has, you know, 15 aces a year, 20 aces a year, like you just ace a lot, mm-hmm. you can, you know, if it's something that's 200 feet out and you think like, hey, I, I have a very good chance of hitting that because I'm, I'm that precise with these discs, then that's a different story. Um, and this is on a weekend, this is on a Sunday, so it's probably not that for a lot of people. But if you're, um, saying, you know, if you're calling out of work to go (laughs) chase this ace to, to possibly get a couple grand, that to me is the same thing as calling in sick to work and as a, as a wage employee, not a salaried employee where you're going to get paid either way, not, not paid time off and saying, I'm going to not collect my hourly wage today so i can go gamble you know so i can go what if you're really good at gambling what if you're really good at poker because there are i mean there There are are people people that are really good at poker and then and there are people that are really good at throwing frisbees no and i and i think that's if that's what you can do then that's fine but 
there are a lot more people that believe that they are good at poker than I think are good at poker. True. And that's why if you are really good at poker, if, you, if you're someone that could, could be a professional poker player, a huge part of that is knowing when to walk away. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're the type of person who is a professional poker player, that's probably your job. You're probably not you know, working construction um, or working at a restaurant. I know some people. I mean, maybe you're working your way up to that or something. Yeah. But like, you're not walking away from an hourly job that you really need the money for to go chase this. So... If you need, if you're if you're close to paycheck to paycheck, which a lot of people are, mm-hmm. probably not a good idea to take any time off of work to go chase an ace. If you're not taking time off of work and you want to have a chance to go, like, you know, hey, uh, I can drive an hour or two. You know, it's going to cost me sixty dollars when all said and done with gas, entrance fees, lunch. You know, mm-hmm. to go do this. Um, I can afford that $60 and even if it hurts a little bit, even if it's something like, well, uh, you know, spending the $60 means that I've got to put something else off, but I'm not missing my rent. I'm not missing my mortgage. I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, then go for it. Cause that's fun. Mm-hmm. Just, just go for it. Uh, but owing, I feel like I'm on such a tangent right now um, <laughs> in the money pit. Um, but saying you owe people that have built it up that high is, I think the lottery is about the worst thing you can do. Uh, playing the lottery, that's my personal opinion. But that's like the person who goes and buys a lottery ticket when the Powerball's at $500 million. And then the people who have been playing the Powerball their whole lives and never won, saying, this guy just bought a ticket right now. What does he think he can get to do? <clears throat> they owe you nothing. Yep. Like That's how it works. You put your money in. You didn't hit an ace. You didn't earn your money back. You didn't get it back. So it's not your money anymore. It's in that once, as soon as you say, I'm going to put my money in this ace pot, that's no longer your money. And you cannot look at it that way. You should never look at an ace pot as, um, because an ace is such a fluke thing. Even it, on, it's not an investment. No, uh, no even, even on the pro tour, like even with the top players, well, they, yeah, we, we see their aces on, on highlight reels because they're rare. You know, if, if Eagle was hitting an ace, every round or every other round mm-hmm. it you wouldn't see them posted up on they wouldn't occasionally make sports center because it would be something that just happens all the time yeah and there would be a whole different discussion about like it would be a very real discussion a very you know should there be par ones because <laughs> because these pros are, right. are are hitting a one on this hole every time mm-hmm. so it's rare to hit an ace it's something that takes as much luck as it does skill it, well no it takes a ton of skill and a lot of luck yeah. To hit an ace. I agree. You've got to be able to get the disc in the general direction, and then you're just pretty much lucky to be able to get it in to the basket from that point. Mm-hmm. Hitting an 80-foot putt is a lot of skill for people that can do it consistently and a little bit of luck. For me, it's mostly luck and a little bit of skill. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the wrong side of 50-50 on those. Yeah. So um, if you feel like you're <laughs> buying into an ace pot, because you need that money and you're upset to see that money go out of your pocket, then you shouldn't be buying into A spots. If you're a competitive enough player that you can buy into the payout and earn the payout and then and, and cash out or at least try to break even every tournament, that's a totally different thing. That's you knowing that you've developed a skill and working on your skill and trying to monetize that to some degree. That's, that's a completely different thing than the A spot. I mean, you don't... LeBron James isn't putting his name in to shoot the half court shot at, you know, at at the all-star game. Yeah. Because could he hit it more often than the dude from the, the, the stockbroker from Minneapolis? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Does he take those shots in practice sometimes? I have no idea, but I can't imagine that he doesn't. Yeah. I'd say probably. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody does. They're fun. Mm-hmm. I've hit a bunch in my life and I'm terrible at basketball because I've gotten Same. lucky. Same. Yeah. So, um, so instead of thinking of it as like an entitlement to the money, what about entitlement to get the chance to throw for it? So if you're, I mean, if you're, if that's you, where if I you have play a, every so my Sunday, problem more is the capping it 
It, now, if it's if how, you're capping it because it's mm, hey, this event is just untenable with anybody more than ninety people. Like that's five players a whole. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we're going to be out here for two and a half days. We just can't do it. Like that's totally fine. But capping it because the ace pot is high, I don't think is a good is is a good reason. No, they're just that fills the course, which yeah. is why they did it. So I think if you fill the course, then you fill the course. Like tournaments have a cap. Yeah, you know, and I mean that's basically what we're doing now. Is yeah, ninety player league is huge. That's huge. But if I if I and you can't do it, I guess you could do it at a couple different courses, but you don't need to because this is just the league event. This isn't a but you a can't you can't play a... two courses at once on a shared ace pot because then one course will have a strong advantage. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. My devil's advocate question here is: If you're a regular, you play every Sunday, you always buy into ace pots, whatever. You miss the Facebook post saying, "Hey, we're going to do pre-registration only. It opens Thursday morning." I didn't see that Facebook post. But I'm and not now, looking for them. And now you don't get to play. That, I think, is, so you, you, is a bummer. You check your Facebook you know, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, whenever. I don't know how often people social media. Um, and you see that it's full and you don't get to play. You're going to be a little bit bummed. Yeah. And is that is that your fault? I mean, no. Is that their fault for running it that way? No. Yeah. But you're still like, going to be a little bit. I'm not going to blame anyone on this because no one expected this to happen. This isn't the type of thing. Like, I just watched that documentary on the Fire Festival. Did you watch that? <laughs> I started it. Uh, I watched the one on Netflix. Yeah, uh, I started it. Um, those guys knew that they what they were trying to do was something like huge and big. He yeah, he knew he was in trouble, and he went way bigger than he yeah. could. The this league is something that is completely tenable and manageable, but it just grew a lot because no one's hit an ace for a long time. Mm-hmm. So then it got crazy. And so if I'm going to try to be hypercritical of this, which I'm really not because I'm grateful for the people that put the effort into this, even though I don't play the events because mm-hmm. I just don't play on Sundays. Um, that's really the only re- the biggest reason I don't go uh, is there should have been – I think it would it would be appropriate for there to be a priority registration. Like, hey, how, how do you assign priority? Yeah. I don't it's, know. It's a very hard question. No, 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 it is. And so I think, um, you know, may, let me say this. Uh, the people that, it honestly sounds like what, capping it is necessary because you've just got. Absolutely. There's just no room for more people I on the course. I totally agree with that. Decision. So it needed to be capped. And how do you assign priority registration, especially when it's like, we don't know what to do now because it's over two grand. We've got tons of people coming in. I don't think you We're can. This. I, with, with what they had, I, don't, I think they're doing the best they could have done. I, I'm actually very happy with how they did it. I kind of got lucky. I forgot it went live when it did, and I woke up to a text saying, you should sign up. So I did. Huh. Um, but I, yeah. I don't know how you could do it better than saying public registration, the first 90 get to play. That really is the most equitable way to do it. Um, the, now, if you're not giving enough notice for people to do it or whatever, then eh. – and it's established that this particular club does their communication through Facebook, so mm-hmm. you you should know that. Um, but, I, again, I didn't see the post, but I'm not looking for them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so much of what goes on there just becomes so bickering that I just stay off of it. So. But I guess if I were to do a priority registration thing, in hindsight, to try to, if there's somebody out there that's like, "Hey, our pot's getting you know close to fifteen hundred and gonna, you know, likely keep growing because it's the winter," um, you need to cap it. You need to figure out what is a tenable amount of people to play on your course. And f- cards of five is huge. That's going to be a long, slow but round. But but again, doing away with the payout means a lot of people so they're 90 playing myself included is they don't I'm, care about their scores they just care about i'm the gonna drives. throw a tee shot and then i'm gonna go pick it up and i'm gonna walk to the next one yeah okay unless i feel like putting practice or something or yeah you know the flow isn't going but there's no payout there's no scores there's no ratings there's nothing but an a spot yeah and that that definitely ruins the spirit of the event. i think it does what it needs to do. It gets the 90 people there who want to hit the ace pot to clear it out to get back to. Yeah, and you can't do a separate event because that's not what the money was initially mm-hmm. earmarked for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess if, if this is the case, I would set a priority registration where... Um, like the the most common attendees? No, not even that because that's that's a hard one to 
to because everyone. I what I would say is everyone who is a member, a, car, a tag holding member of the club at this point, or whoever is normally eligible. So with this club, that that's what I would do. Everybody who's a tag holding club uh, member at this point can register at this day. And there's a separate Facebook group for okay for, for tag members. So instead of instead of posting, do you need to buy a tag as well? Yes. Okay. And, and then. Say and then give them like a day, even or twelve mm-hmm. hours or something, and it, then you, open it up to everybody. Even I think even the tag holders would fill up in the same two hours. Yeah, and that's fine. Then it does, and then it's people that that have already tried. You know, that's I think mm-hmm. that seems fair I mean, enough to we're, me. We're already over two hundred tags sold in this club. Yeah, so that seems fair enough to me. Okay, but I'm, I don't I'm, know. I'm just curious what people think. I am too, because that's. I don't ace often. I've been paid for two in my life for like a total of a hundred bucks. So, I'm not like the guy who travels and steals everybody's money. Um, so I'm I'm curious again too. I don't feel like that's stealing. I can understand people being bummed that's, out that's by that just, dude. That's just for phrasing. It's yeah. You're not. But, stealing but I've money. heard people complain about that. Yeah, like, the snipers. But if that if you're good at hitting aces, if you're willing to bet thirty dollars that you'll ace in a round, my not hat just is thirty off bucks. To you. It's plus, plus your gas, gas plus your time, plus yeah. Your life on the road. My you know? hat, my hat is off to you. Yeah, because like if that's I can't, if I that's won't. what you want to do, then fine, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Plus, how cool is it that a local weekly is bringing in people from out of town? Yeah, like that's that's good for the game. That's good for the community. The other thing that might be something that could be done in the future is you cap an A spot. We've been there too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I kind of want every thought on A spots. Yeah. Do you like capped, uncapped. How do you deal with big ones? How do you deal with registrants? And again, as someone who is not doesn't really consider themselves in the running for it, but I could hit an ace. I mean, there's definitely holes where yeah. I, that are aceable for me. There's mm-hmm. probably two or three at that course that I could ace. Yeah, at least three. Um, if I got lucky, you know, I have the All skill to get lucky. it within circle one. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if I get lucky beyond that, then that's great. Yeah. Um, so it's not something that's completely out of reach for me. Um like hole five, I'm not gonna ace, but there's people that could. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if there, I mean, there are probably three on that course that nobody can get, but well, the, like the rest are. Crazy. I would put eleven or ten, the hard, nine. Now it's nine. Nine's nine nine's the hardest. Hard. Nine's hard. And then eleven, and then eighteen. Yeah, acing nine would just be you have to have a massive arm, and you have to just be incredibly lucky. Yes, that's just a fluke. Yeah, I can only um, get to one of the three pins. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, but yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Are you going to set up the course more ace-friendly? Are you going to put everything in the shorter pin position? They did last week. It was accelerate it. 16 aceable shots with 80 of us playing, and nobody got one. Well, there you go. Like, I don't know how it happened. Yeah, and so maybe you set, like, $1,500 as our ace pot max, and then um, anything anybody that buys into that goes into a supplementary pot, or you just stop accepting mm-hmm it or we've we've done in the past you cap it and when it passes that you just start building another one so when the first one is hit there's a substantial start to a new one yeah yeah instead of hitting it and it's like oh i got 17 dollars yeah for my ace i got 120 Mm -hmm. you know so i something like that i I think i know the answer but i still want to hear from people (coughs) um on capped versus uncapped yeah and how you deal with big a spots or if you want to be cool about it like it goes up to 1500 bucks and then anything beyond that Half of it goes to a charity that the club supports, and half of it goes mm. to the A spot or something. There we go. Ideas. I want more. Yeah. I don't know. That's some of mine. Yeah. No. I I love it. It's a it's a big. At least currently locally, it's a big deal. And I I know locals from here have traveled to Idaho to chase aces, and they've hit them. So it's kind of like this little game they play. I just want to know. Yeah. How everyone else is. Well, and we had people come down from other clubs to at our season opener to try to, you know, cash out or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. I I don't think anybody's going to complain if, well, no. Let me take that back. Disc golfers will always find something to complain about if you get enough of them in a room. Um, <laughs> but if you get Eagle or Sexton or you know simon's particularly good at it yeah showing up at sunday's league to to chase this ace if they decide that it's worth their time great you get to play with one of the top pros in the in the world like that's mm-hmm. a cool thing um 
it's probably not worth their time unless they happen to be playing an event, you know, striking distance from, from where you are and they yeah. hear about it. Yeah. But also they didn't register in time. So forget <laughs> them. Right in. I'm curious. Yeah, that, I am too. That's something that's an interesting discussion. So I'll be playing in the And I also encourage rain. everybody, if you're going to a tournament and you can spare the $5, I'm um, please do. It's fun. I've bought into every ace pot in every event I've ever played. And like I said, I've hit two. I have as well, and I've hit zero. And, and I, I don't regret them doing both it. multiple no. ways. <laughs> so Yeah, and I buy into CTPs. I buy into everything that I can buy into because it's five bucks yeah and five bucks for some people is 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 enough that like i don't know your financial situation but if five bucks is a stretch to you then don't worry about it Mm -hmm. you know if if you if it's like if it's stressful enough to come up with the 25 five dollar entrance fee or whatever it is for the tournament don't worry about anything else yeah but if you've got the money to spare put it in there it's fun and if you hit it if you hit the ace and you didn't buy in that's really bummer like it's great that you got an ace but yeah it is, it is funny uh in tournaments when you hear the hooting and hollering for an ace and you get in and people are like oh yeah he didn't buy in he didn't buy in ah. yeah i've heard that before too that's kind of funny too it is but you don't want to be that guy no you d- <laughs> yeah you didn't you you couldn't go to your ashtray and come up with another buck right uh, oof maybe not i don't know all right so i feel like we've talked a lot about disc golf on this show chris <laughs> gotta go tangents um i saw some movies and I'm going to pull out the Bodie scale. All right. Let's see. I probably haven't seen them, but okay. humor me. Uh, I'm going through my Fandango because that's my reminder for the oh. most recent movies I've seen. And this is going back a little while because we haven't talked new movies in a while. Um, in mid-December, Once Upon a Deadpool. Did we talk about this? Yes, we did. Okay. The PG-13 Deadpool. Yeah. All right. Then we'll skip. We mentioned that one. Did we talk about Aquaman? No. Okay. It was At least Aquaman. It, we did. I don't, I don't think it was on air. Did you see Aquaman? No. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to do these all spoiler free. Okay. Um, and, you know, not spend too much time on them. Aquaman is uh, part of the, you know, the DC extended universe. As people have mixed reviews on those, mostly negative. Mm. So it's the Suicide Squad. They're in, they're in a big shadow. Man of Steel. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Um, I have enjoyed most of these movies on some level. Wonder Woman's fantastic. Wonder Woman was very good. Um, I like Justice. I like Man of Steel quite a bit. The you know the the Superman movie with Zack Snyder. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, Aquaman is incredibly fun, and that's it. Yeah, it's incredibly fun. And so uh, a refresher on the Bodhi scale, just for if we've got new listeners, it's a scale that I invented for rating movies based on do they accomplish their objective. And this is inspired by the movie Point Break, the original, Mm -hmm. uh, where Point Break is an action movie, like a heist movie, kind of, you know, just an action movie. And it's perfect at doing that. It's incredibly entertaining. It's infinitely watchable. So it's good. It's an even Bodhi. If a movie falls below that, below what their expectations are, then it gets negative. It goes down to negative five. And if it exceeds, it goes up to positive five. So, uh, so as an action superhero film, as a superhero movie, as an action movie, this movie felt like this could have been an Indiana. It's, it's like they took parts of an Indiana Jones script and put this in this movie, which is not, which sounds weird, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, as a comic book movie, as an action movie, as a superhero movie, it is incredibly entertaining. It's an even Bodie. Like okay. I, I walked out thoroughly entertained. I wasn't blown away. I've heard reviews where people are it's like, it's amazing. It's it's insane. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, so fun. But for me, like it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And okay. it's an even Bodie. From, and, the, from the reviews I've heard, I would have guessed lower. So yeah. that's good. And that's a positive review yeah. for, for this. Like that's yeah. a, I love the movie Point Break. That's even, a positive Even is review. good. Yeah. And even Bodie is, means it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It didn't shatter any new territory for me. It wasn't something that it's like was mm-hmm. uh, stuck with me or was, was, you know, profound in any way. Um, but it was very good. Uh, next I saw Ralph breaks the internet, oh, which finally, you saw and you liked quite a bit. I love it. I took my two older kids, my seven year old, my five year old to see this. Okay. And it was the perfect movie to watch us with a seven year old and a five year old. I will say though, if you're not one with littles, there's plenty in it for you as well. Oh, absolutely. There are so yeah. many generational yeah. references. Chris has zero kids. At least that he knows about. <laughs> I have zero kids. Yes. <laughs> 
and uh, you you loved it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say this one is like a plus two and a half. I would say three or four. Yeah, um, I don't know if I liked it as much as the first one because mm. I liked the first one. It, it just the first one was felt so kind of new and interesting to me. But I really liked it a lot. Nothing wrong with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say there's nothing wrong with this movie. The uh, some of the characters were annoying to me. Okay. Yes, I think is her name was an annoying character to me. Part of that is because I am not someone who can really get into Facebook or Instagram Mm -hmm. or any of that stuff. And that's a big part of this movie. And so it just, I I just didn't jive with that. Fair. The stuff with the Disney princesses is amazing. Was one of the best scenes in any movie I can think of. That was just great. So I'm going to give it a plus three. Yeah, I'll say plus three. I would give it a plus four if they would have called it Ralph wrecks the internet instead. Why not? But you know why they call it breaks the internet, right? I do, but yeah. pun. Yeah. It's there. I know. Just take it. I know. Um, Very good. But I, I yeah. Um, no, it, it, yeah, it's a plus three for it's me. It's really good. It's very entertaining. I will definitely buy this, and mm-hmm. my kids will watch it a ton, and I'll watch it with them. And I will listen to it as they watch it in the backseat. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet that if I were to watch it again, I'd pick up on more references that oh, I Oh, I'm sure you would. There are so many. Yeah. Did you so see the movie good. Ready Player One? Yes, similar. Yeah, book also, is way better. Also excellent. Uh, but yeah, the book is way better than the movie, for my opinion. Always. Um, not always. One counter example. Um, and then we'll continue. <laughs> the Rainmaker by John Grisham. Okay, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, John Grisham's not a good writer. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's somehow popular though. He's incredibly popular. Well. Grisham novels, man. The Twilight mo- books. I listened to all of those on audiobook. Oh. Because I was just, before I found podcasts, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. And uh, I'd get them at the library. So I didn't, you know, I didn't pay for them. Um, <laughs> they are poorly written. They are good stories that are poorly written. Does that make sense? Yeah. And John, Gr- at least the couple Grisham books that I've read were. Just not good. I don't know. They weren't good. Okay. Anyway. Continue. But yeah. Um, we like Ralph. We like Ralph Rex the internet. Uh, Bumblebee. Did you see Bumblebee? No. And that's the intonation I want to say that with. <laughs> Go ahead. When I uh, heard that they were making a Bumblebee spinoff. Okay. Back up. It, it's probably no surprise to anybody that listens to the show. Um, I liked the Transformers as a kid very, very much. Yeah. Um Loved the TV show, liked the toys. Um, Shockwave was my favorite because he had like the little ones that would come out of his chest. And, you know, um, I had that toy. It was amazing. I liked the first Transformers movie. Not, well, not the animated movie, but the 2007 movie. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox. Yeah. And it's good. Um, the second one I had high hopes for, and it was terrible. The third one. I didn't have high hopes for it, and it was slightly better. The fourth one, I think, was the first one with Mark Wahlberg, and it was not good. And the fifth one, which I think is the last night. I don't know. It's the last night. I don't know which number it is. I think it's fifth. Is the worst movie I've seen in recent memory. Yes. Yeah. yeah like in the last several years. Yeah. Um, I watched it on Amazon Prime for free. Oh, good. Well, I, I, it's not free, but. It was included with my Amazon Prime. Yep. Uh, and I, I finished it because I just decided I needed to. <laughs> to invest it in the series. It was awful. I feel like every third line in that movie was Optimus Prime saying, I am Optimus Prime. It might have been. Because people liked that in the first movie. And so they just hit that hard. Um, that horse they, is dead. Those Transformers movies are a confusing mess with the story. I like story. I like mythology. I like being able to dig into what is this backstory here? What's going on? The lore there. It's a confusing mess in all of those movies. You have no idea what's going on. So when I heard they were making a Bumblebee spinoff and I didn't really care for Bumblebee all that much because I thought it was just all the robot, uh, the the radio voice and everything was just too much. Um, I had very, very low expectations. And then I saw the first trailer and I thought, 
oh yeah, this is going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I was happy to not see this movie in the theaters. I was happy to say, this is a Star Wars or Transformers movie. I don't need to see. And it came out, I think it was out for like a week and a half. And I was like, oh, I, Bumblebee came out. Let me just go look at the, what the Rotten Tomato score is. It was 93% or something like that. Wow. And I thought that same thing. I thought, how the hell is this movie in the 90-something percent? 90s are reserved for pretty good cinema. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's not, there's kids movies that like Toy Stories are in that range. Yeah. But. That's about Toy Story score. Well, Toy Stories are like 100, 100s and 99s. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're amazing. But um, they're also amazing movies. Transformers, I think the highest rated one was like 55 on the Rotten Tomatoes. that had to be the first one. Yeah. So the fact that this was in the 90s, I thought this this can't be. I really thought it was an error. So I dug a little bit deeper and started <laughs> reading reviews. Was this a 39? Um, and so that was enough for me to go see Bumblebee. Um, remember, the Bodhi scale is is it succeeding on what it's doing. Bumblebee's an action movie. It's a it's a Transformers. It's a Transformers movie, but you know you can't just go with the the um, what you call it the series that it's in. The it is still Michael Bay. I'm assuming he produced it. He did not direct it. Okay, and that therein <laughs> therein lies the secret. Lies the secret. Yeah, therein lies the truth. Um, Bumblebee's amazing. Really. It is so freaking good. Wow. Um, the trailers looked awful to me. It didn't look good. It didn't look entertaining. It looked very um, wooden. The acting looked bad. The action looked just as confusing as everything else. But this movie is great. You can follow the story. It's a much smaller story, even though it's a Transformer story. It's There's not... Ev- they show Shockwave the way he should look, and he has the guy pop out of his chest, which was a big one for me. Um, yeah, Bumblebee's amazing. Okay, it's it's like et it's it's et, but if et could kick butt, if et could fight back. Okay. Um, yeah, I highly recommend Bumblebee. Bumblebee's probably a four on the body scale. Wow, because it was that. It blew me away that much. It's the highest rated on IMDb of for, the six or five. Oh, I, there's no way it couldn't be. It's barely above the first one. Yeah. The animated movie, for all its faults, is better than every Transformers movie except for the first Transformers movie until Bumblebee comes along. The one from and the it's 80s? Amazing. Yeah, the one with yeah. like the Weird Al song in it yeah. where Optimus Prime dies in the first act or the first couple scenes. You know what? He's he's mortal. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, that was that actually messed me up as a kid. What? <laughs> uh, Bumblebee's great. So okay. Bumblebee's, uh, did I say four? Yeah, positive four. That's a on shocker. The scale. That's good job, Bumblebee. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Bumblebee's amazing. Uh, the acting in it's great. John Cena's even really good in it. He's funny. He's, wow. He's entertaining. Like, yeah, go see Bumblebee. Uh, next movie I saw. Chris asked me about this one actually before we started recording. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Um, what have you heard about this movie? That it's exceptional. Really? Yes. Like that good? Yes. Not not like revolutionary good, but that it's very good. And that he did an excellent job portraying him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. All you had to get right for this movie was not screw up Freddie Mercury. And you have some of the most engaging music that's ever been recorded, uh-huh. some of the most anthemic music that's ever been recorded, uh-huh. and that a crowd loves to hear. Uh-huh. So if you have – the only thing they could have done to screw up this movie to make it genuinely like people not like it is somehow not license the actual music, have to do sound-alikes of the Queen mm. music, and have a terrible performance for Freddie Mercury. And you didn't like him. What? Sorry, go ahead. No. Continue. Uh, Rami Malek's amazing. He does a great job okay. as Freddie Mercury. Like his, I think he just won the SAG Award, and his performance is really great. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a bunch of other movies that were nominated, so I can't compare. You know what I would have thought, but he looks and acts. I mean, he, he it's a, it's an amazing performance of Freddie Mercury. The music is so good, and it's worth seeing in a theater because the music is amazing. I. If you don't like Queen, there's something genuinely wrong with you. I can understand you saying like, you know, it's certainly not my favorite band. And that's fine. It's not my favorite band either. But if you can't, if you 
listen to the song Bohemian Rhapsody and it doesn't just like fill you with joy <laughs> and you don't want to stomp your feet to We Are the Champions and Another One Bites the Dust, like there's something genuinely wrong with you. I don't care what culture you're from, who you are. I mean, my grandmother in her 90s would bob her head to this music. Like it's it's that catchy and it's that enga- engrossing. Um, the rest of the movie is really subpar. Their performances are are really good. I don't think there's a bad performance in the movie. Okay. Um, but it's not good. It's fine. Wow. It's fine. If it didn't have the music that it has and it didn't have the lead performance that it does, no one would like this movie. It would be fine. It would be infinitely forgettable. So maybe they just rode the music a little bit too much. Well, that's all they had. Yeah. Apparently, this was a really troubled production. They had to fire the director because he was just a drunken mess. And um, Brian Singer was the guy who directed it. Um, so it's, it had problems. It had issues. The The last act of this movie is effectively their entire Live Aid performance. And it's great. You're at you're watching Queen play at Live Aid. What's wrong with that? It's amazing. You you can't spoil anything in this movie because it's it's based on a true story, but very loosely. Yeah. Um, like it, and uh, a lot of things are are condensed for time and for, and for flow. Um, and again, all the performances are really good. the The performances of the band are all really engaging. Um, but it's cheesy, and it's not great. Like there, it's just, it's a, uh, I've heard other people say this. It'd be a really good TV movie. Like if this was on NBC as a miniseries, it would be really good. But for a movie, if it didn't, <laughs> if you took all these same elements, but this was, a dead mouse mm-hmm. instead of queen, no one would like this movie not except successful. for Dead Mouse fans. And and even then, they probably wouldn't like it because it's not true enough to history. It's just Okay. But So watch it for the performances. If you w- watch it because the music's great. Yeah. Go listen to Queen. Go see a Queen concert. Queen it's, concert in theaters. It's a Queen concert in a movie theater. It's it, there were so things. it's worth it. So I would say this one's a negative one. Okay. On the body scale. It falls short of of being a biopic and being you know, engaging, but be, his performance is so good, and the music is so good that kept him near. It's it's incredibly watchable, and you should see it in theaters. Everybody should go see this in a theater. Okay, and I'm giving it a negative review. <laughs> I mean, negative one. He kept yeah. it close to neutral. That's yeah, no, it's it's fine. Good but performance. It, but it does. Um, it it, it, it falls missed short. a little bit. It yeah. falls short a little bit. Okay, but again. I would go watch the last 20 minutes of this movie, 30 minutes of this movie. Over and over. Uh, not over and over and over, not on repeat, but okay. I would, if somebody said, hey, do you want to go watch the last 30 minutes of, of Bohemian Rhapsody and my incredible sound system? Yes. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go watch a Queen concert. Yes. Happily. Awesome. So. Um, Noted. Yeah. So uh, we're going to close out with Glass. You heard about Glass? Ooh, you heard about Glass? I've heard about Did it. Did you see Glass? I have not. So Glass is the third in the series from uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Started with Unbreakable. Very good movie. Then Split. I liked it quite a bit. Did you see Split? No. Did you see Unbreakable? I think so. Okay. And this is the third one in that series. Um, basically, it's, you know, what if superheroes were real, but they were... You know, what if someone that was an average Joe realized that he did have superpowers? Um, I'm just going to get right to the rating on this one. This is a negative four on the Bodhi scale. Ooh. It's bad. Ooh. The first act of this movie is pretty engaging. And then it goes off the rails in a way that is not that I, I, I did not like. And I'm not going to try to spoil anything. But the ending of this movie felt like. A uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to try to spoil it. Um, if you liked Unbreakable and if you liked Split, it's worth seeing. Just, I, I saw it. Just to finish. Yeah, just to finish it out. Um, and there probably are people who will like it. it. It might speak to a certain crowd. I heard a review of this that I thought was really funny where it sounded like M. Night Shyamalan 
read one comic book 25 years ago. And that's and now he's making comic book movies based on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of accurate. Um, it's yeah, oof. It, it it veers off in a way that for me was so unsatisfying, but that it just drove me nuts. And I like M Night Shyamalan. The Last Airbender was awful. I didn't see. The Visitor, or not The Visitor. I didn't see that one either. I didn't see The Happening. I didn't see Lady in the Water. Okay. But I liked uh, The Village. I liked Signs. I liked Sixth Sense. I liked Unbreakable. Um, I liked Split quite a bit. Uh, this is not good. Okay. It's made a ton of money. Good. And that's good for him. Yep. Well, so, way to go. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Don't see Split, or don't see Glass unless you feel like you want to finish out that trilogy. Everyone should go see Bohemian Rhapsody because it's a queen concert. Yeah. Everyone should go see Bumblebee because it's... They made a good Transformers again? They made a good movie. Not just a good Transformers movie. It's a good movie. Um, but it, it is under the Transformers umbrella. And yes. That's not a, a good place to be. So if they've redeemed something, I'm going to say it's a good Transformers movie. Yes. And I... And I because the, reason I'm the saying last that is seven have not been. Compared to... Um, the Marvel movies or compared to other action movies, big action movies. Bumblebee's a very good movie. Okay. It's it's really good. Okay. And Haley Steinfeld is great in it. Um, the actors are great in it. Uh, yeah, it's really great. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Everybody should go see that one. Even If you don't have kids, uh, go see it. If you are a millennial, you'll love it. I mean, it's every joke is for you. Mm-hmm. And really good. Aquaman. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. If you want just a good, fun, swashbuckling kind of movie with a superhero bent on it, go see it. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, don't see Glass. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, movie time. <laughs> if you guys like this, there. let me know. If not, I will stop doing it. I like movies. I just don't see very yeah. many. So, yeah, no, this was a this was a backlog from December. <laughs> um, and there's even a couple more that I saw that I won't talk about because they go further back. Um, but thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for supporting the show. Please uh, hit up Jacob Bush via Facebook and tell him that you want to buy some discs to help his son and help their family. Good family, good kid, good guy, mm-hmm. um, really good guy. Good yep. supporter of the show, good friend of the show. So um, his Facebook, again, it's on our Facebook page for Prime Disc Golf. He posted mm-hmm. it up on there. And just comment on that and tell him that you want him, and he'll, he'll work that out with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we get nothing from that. It, you know, it's all going to go to him, and that's, that's what we want. So anything else that you want to say, Chris? I don't think so. All right. Write in. I want your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, comment on Facebook.com slash Golf. Instagram, Prom Disc Golf, and... Prom Disc Golf at gmail.com. Exactly. Until next time, keep throwing plastic. Cheers.